0: Welcome to another week of Daf Shui. Give me 40 minutes and I'll give you more or less the Daf. We are here in the beautiful Unger Sargon Studios in wonderful, lovely Southern California. We finally have some summer weather. It's been freezing in the mid-60s up until today. Today is... Super Tuesday, a celebration of democracy, people waiting in line for a long time to vote. Here in California, 50 million people are voting. And yet only 55 years ago, on the Edmund Pettus Bridge on Bloody Sunday, people were, in, because they demanded the right to vote, African Americans, because they demanded the right to vote, were beaten mercilessly. People including Representative John Lewis, who's now one of the longest serving Congress people, the United States Congress. And so we must remember that Voting was earned and prized, and therefore, we should all take advantage of it, and we should all make sure that uh, this is not the last election. Not saying who you should vote for, but just make sure this is not the last election. So we're starting on Ted Zion, Amun Aleph, 16a, about 10 lines from the bottom where it says, Asher Yeshu Yeshufeni. We have to correct the record. I kind of blew a couple of midrashim at the end, and you'll see why in a minute. So if you go through to the show notes, which are on the Apple podcast page, there's going to be a link there to the Daf to the page in either Sepharia, or Asher Asherbisara Yeshufeni, vihrba piti chinam, who has oppressed me with a hair or for a hair and has for no reason made my wounds great. Amarava, this is one of the Rava statements, though not that's the way it is in the manuscripts. Amarava, Iov bisara cherefu bisara heshivu. Iov, or Job, was a heretic about a hair and out of the storm, he was returned, or with a hair, he was returned. It's one of the puns here. Sarah is both a hair and a storm. He apostatized with a hair because it says, as we just read the verse, that with it, for a hair, you oppressed me. Perhaps a master of the universe. Perhaps the wind of a storm came before you, and because of that, you were confused between the word Eov, Job, and Oyev, enemy. Basically, Job saying, you made a mistake, and therefore you're smiting me for no reason. And with out of the storm, God retorted to Job, and God replied to Eov, from out of the storm, Said to him, Gird your loins, and I will ask you, and you will tell me. Amarlo, God said to Job, I created many hairs in a, on a man, and each one of them has his, its own hole for each follicle. Said, no, fo- no two follicles should draw from the same hole. Because if that messed up and two follicles, two hairs, grew out of the same place, it would kill a person. Or literally, it would darken the eyes of a person. Do you think that if I didn't make a mistake between two different hairs growing out of the same place, I would make a mistake between... The word Job and the word enemy, would I do that mistaken? The other thing to know is that Eov and Oyeev is a the yud and the vav, a yud is like a short vav. So it's really like a hair that is being mistaken between the two words. He goes on, me pilagla tala. And there are three midrashim along this these in this same vein. me pilagla tala. who divided. Up the the uh, waters that are coming down. Harbei tipin barati bavim. I created many drops in the clouds of Kholtipa Batipa, Barati Ladfuspneatzma, and every single drop I created its own has its own form. Kideshalo you shatipinyotzot mitfusekad so that no two drops should come out of the same form. Shil male stei tipinotashot it'aratve na motiot perot because if two when drops came out of the same form out of the same place, they would turn the earth into clay, and then the earth would not bring forth fruit. Between two drops, I did not make a mistake ever, but you think I made a mistake by reading Eov as oyev? My mashma. So what does that mean? The Gemara asks. Because, the, so how, in other words, how did you get from the verse, which says, Mi ta'ala, who divided up the downpour into channels, how do you get from ta'ala to d'fus to form? So ta'ala, so the Gemara helpfully explains that ta'ala means also d'fus. It has, d'fus is part of the semantic field, the form is part of the semantic field of the word ta'ala. Amar bar dihti vayas <laughs> ta'ala zera. As Rabbi Barshela says, it's like the, the verse that says, and he made a channel which held uh, two se'ah of seed. kolot, and a path for thunder. Harbei kolot barati b'avim, I created much thunder in the clouds. V'chol kol barati lo Each and every thunder blast, I I created its own path for it. So that no two thunders should come out of the same path. For if two thunder blasts came out of the same path, they would destroy the whole world. Apparently they would be so loud that they would, the power would destroy the whole world. Between each thunder, each and every thunder, I did not make a mistake, but you think I made a mistake between the words Yov and Oyev? God is still going. Did you know the time of the birth of the mountain goats, the time that gazelles gave birth? The Gemara explains that these mountain goats are cruel to their children. At the time that she's about to give birth, she goes up to the mountaintop so that her young will fall down and die. And I, that is God, bring an eagle that will come and pick up the young in its wings. Now it's interesting that, that because that's also an image uh, that's used in other places for God's relationship to Israel—that God is like an eagle who is carrying Israel. So and if I would have been a moment too early or a moment too late, the young one would die. So you think I didn't make a mistake between the exact with the exact time that I had to, that I had to get the eagle there, and I made a mistake with between Eov and Oyev, Cholel in the second half of the verse preserving or knowing the time that the g- gazelles give birth. Ayala Zu Tsar the gazelle has a very narrow womb. At the time that she's supposed to give birth. So I make sure that there is a hornet there that stings her and makes sure that her womb is softened and therefore she can give birth. And if that hornet got there too early or too late... She would immediately die. I didn't make a mistake with the time. You think I would make a mistake between Eov and Oyev, between Job and enemy? So the other interesting thing about this is that it's obvious that both Job in this text and God in this text are talking about an Eov who is a textual Eov because it's all about whether or not God mistook his name, Eov, and thought that it said, Oyev, enemy. All right. So now we go all the way to the end of Job, uh, chapter 39. It says, God says about Job, that Job did not speak with intention, and his words were not with intelligence. And yet, at the same time, God says to Job's friends, For you have not spoken to me correctly like my servant Eov. So the Gemara seems to be wondering about how, why does God say these two things? If Job didn't speak well, so his friends who remonstrated with him, who upbraided him for not speaking well, should have been good. So here Rava says, we learn from here that you can't hold a person accountable in this time of grief and pain. All right, now we're back. The Gemara is now moving on, the end of chapter 2, not only has Job's estate and family been destroyed, but now Job himself is suffering and he's full of boils and he's in great pain. And his three, the three friends of Job heard all the evil that had come about, and they came, each one from their place, Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildah, the Shuchi, and so far, the Naamati, and they came together, or they came at the same time, to come and comfort him, comfort Job. What does it mean that they came together, or they met, they met, and then came? Amar of Yehuda, Amarav, or Yehuda said in the name of Rav, it teaches that they all came in through the same gate. Vitana, And we learned from another source, But that each, they didn't live in the same place. They lived 300 Parse, which are Persian miles, away from each other. Parasangs is the English translation, which is just as helpful as Parse. So how did they know then? If they lived so far away from each other, how did they know to come to the, at the same time. Now, this is interesting. So there are those who say they each had a crown of, of flowers. And there are those who say that they each had a tree. And when they wilted, they knew to come. Now, the interesting thing about this is that all the commentaries, or all the medieval commentaries, or all the medieval commentaries that I consulted, have a wild uh, understanding of klila rather than the way that it's always used in the Talmud as some kind of a crown of of flowers or something like that. They said that Klila, it was a special crown which had the images of the three friends on it. And they saw that when this happened to Job, the faces of the three friends became sad faces and they knew that something was wrong. So it's some kind of a bat signal. Amarava, and Rava says, again, Rava, So this is what people say either if you either have friends like Job's friends or death. This is kind of, this is resonant with the phrase in Pirkei Avot, that either friends or death, meaning without community, without friends, a person can die. And here they're putting this on Job's friends. Which is interesting, going back, saying that Job's friends were actually really, you know, Job's friends are people to look up to, as opposed to the comment that we just had before. Okay. Now, it seems to go on a tangent, but we'll get back. And this is from Genesis 6.1. And it was, this is kind of, this is one of those kind of short, odd stories in Genesis about the children of, people and the the daughters of people and children of spirits or divine sons and the verse there says and, and it was when the adam began to multiply on the earth and they had and daughters were born to them so, said, when that happened that means that procreation came to the world and reish lakish says that no when it says Banot that they had daughters, that it was arguments or fighting that came to the world. And this is from a, they're reading, they're punning on the word larov, that when the people multiplied, so is larov from rivia meaning procreation, or miriva which means fighting or contention, came to the world. And then they're gonna go on and we're gonna spend a little bit of time in uh, misogyny land, which is the kind of basic product of patriarchy. Amar le'i Rishlakesh le'Rib Yochanan. Rishlakesh said to Ribi Yochanan, le'didach da'amret reviyah ba'a lo'olam, mipnei ma'lo nechpilu benotav shel i'ov. According to you, Rishlakish says to Yochanan, Rishlakesh and Ribi Yochanan are Palestinian Amar who are study partners, lots of great stories about them. According to you, it says that reviyah, the procreation came to the world. So why weren't the daughters of Job doubled? Amar lo' nehi So Rabbi Yochanan answers back, "Say no, they're not doubled in names, but they are doubled in beauty. So they had seven sons and three daughters, and this was all the way at the end of Job. God made it up to Job by giving him back his property and also seven sons and three daughters. And Job called one, Yemima, the second one, Kitsiya, and the third one, Karen HaPuch. Yemima, and then the Gemara explains, Yemima, Shaita Dumeleam. Why is it called Yemima? Because she was like Layom, because she was like the daylight. Yemima, from Yom. Kitsia, Shaya Recha Nodev Kitsiya. Ktsia, because her smell was like Ktsia, which is Cassia, apparently, which is like cinnamon. So a beautiful smell. Karen hapuch. why was the third one called Karen hapuch? puch d'bei Karna de keresh. Because she was like the horn of a keresh, which was an animal that nobody's really clear about what it is. so in the land of Israel, they laughed about it. Karna de keresh because the thinking that she was like a horn of an animal is actually not a good thing, but a bad thing. Rather, Rav Chista said that she was rather like a saffron thread. As uh, Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 4.30, talking about Israel saying that you're going to get all dressed up and it's still not going to matter, but the, when you're all dressed up, you will put mascara on your eyes. So that's why Karen Apuch Means that you will have the saffron thread. So they're all beautiful, according to Rebbe Ochran. Ribshum Berebi, Ityalida Le Barta. We're still in the misogyny trend. Ribshimon, the son of Rebbe, had a daughter, Habakka Daita, and therefore he grew faint. Armalea Vua Rebia Balaulam. So his father Rebbe, said, So therefore, procreation has come to the world, because you had a daughter. Yay, yay, daughters. Amr so bar helpfully said, Tanchumim nichamcha avuch. Your father comforted you with false or empty comfort. Because we have a text which tells us, The world cannot survive without both males and females. But happy is the one whose children are male, and woe is the one whose children are female. Just like it is impossible for the world without both spices and tanners. Happy is the one whose trade is spices, and woe to the one whose trade is as a tanner. Number of different places where Bursi or Burski is noted as being a very bad trade because it smells very badly. Kitanai. This is like a Tanitic text by Aram Bakol, that it says God blessed Abraham with everything. My bakol. What does it mean, God? blessed Abraham with everything. Rebimeyer says, this means that he didn't have a daughter. Reb says, actually, no. What does it mean that God blessed Abraham with everything? That he had a daughter. And others say that actually he had a daughter and her name was Bakol. So when it says that God blessed Abraham Bakol, that was the name of the daughter God. That was the blessing. So there's a dispute, this dispute, about whether or not women are good or women are bad, which smoothly moves into a conversation about Abraham. <speaking in> Rebelezra <Hebrew> modai said that Abraham had a an astrological knowledge. And because of that, all of the kings of East and West would come to his door. Rashi bar Yochai Omer ben Yochai Omer Rashi bar Yochai said, "Evan tova ha'itat tliabet sabarosh el Abraham avinu shikol chole haroe ota miad mitrapei." Rashi bar Yochai said Abraham had a specific type of jewel which he hung around his neck that anyone who was sick and saw it immediately got better. And when Abraham died, so God, the Master, or the Holy Blessed One, hung that jewel on the sun. So therefore, everybody could see it and be healed. And Abaye says, this is where we get the folks saying that when the day comes up, the sickness leaves. There's another interpretation of what it means that God blessed Abraham with everything, that Esav did not rebel during Abraham's days. Esav, Abraham's son. Another interpretation is that Yishmael repented in his day while Abraham was still alive. Shalom Asav Biyamav. How do we know that Esav did not rebel in his days? min because it says in the famous, famous verse and famous story that Esau came from the field and he was tired. And then he asked Jacob for his porridge, and Jacob gave it to him, and he sold the, the Bachorah, the firstborn ship. And that day, Abraham died. And the reason that Jacob, our forefather, was making Lentils, this lentil porridge was in order to comfort Isaac. And why was it lentils? Amri Bamarava in the land of Israel, they say, Mishme du Rabba Barmari in the name of Rabba Barmari, Ma en lape, Avel en lope. Just like this this lentil does not have a a mouth, meaning. It's it's just one solid piece; doesn't have a hole in it. So too, a mourner doesn't have a mouth, meaning a mourner has nothing to say at the moment. Another interpretation: just as this lentil is round, so too, mourning or grief goes around and comes back on every person in the world. What's the difference between these two interpretations? so what's the difference is the difference is whether or not you can actually have an egg as comfort food because an egg is not actually really round it's oval okay um so we're going to stop here for a minute and go back and think about since we've left we've finished the job material so i just want to think a little bit about what's going on with the job material the job material which has now taken us two pages and a bit the Job material starts with a question about whether or not Job, the Job story was true or merely a parable. It continues, wondering when Job lived, with the dates from the time of Jacob, that perhaps Job had married Dina and Jacob's daughter, or the time of the Exodus, with one opinion, though not in our material, even stating that Job was one of Pharaoh's counselors, along with two other liminal borderline figures, Jethro and Balaam, to the time of the captured land of Israel by Joshua, to the time of King David, and maybe the time of Esther. Then the question is asked whether Job was an Israelite or a Gentile. And then it's asked whether he's a good man or an evil man. The rabbis come down on both or all sides of each of these questions. Job is basically a cipher. He's from a place, Uts that is not otherwise mentioned. He is stricken in what seems like a bet gone bad between God and Satan, something the rabbis pick up on in a strong comment by Rabbi Yochanan, who says that Satan was egging God on and God took the bait. Unsurprisingly, Job was not only the subject of speculation by the rabbis, The early church fathers saw in Job a pious man who was not of Israelite or priestly origin, reflecting, perhaps, the church which was pious and faithful but not Israelite. Some of the rabbinic comments may be a polemic against Christians claiming Job as their own. The claim that he must have been Jewish, as there was no prophecy amongst Gentiles after the time of Moses or that he did not believe in the resurrection of the dead, as opposed to Jesus, who claimed that he was resurrected. Finally, it is probably not a coincidence that following the Job material, the Job Midrash material, the Babli goes into a section praising Abraham, which we just learned, and then the forefathers and a long list of Jewish ancestors and does not mention Job, something we'll see in a minute. In this section, more distinctions are drawn between the ancestors of the Jewish people, Isaac and Jacob, and the ancestors of Roman Christendom, and the Arabs in late antiquity, Esau and Ishmael. Ishmael in these pre-Islamic times is actually given better treatment, as it were, than ISA Finally, the distinction of gender is once again drawn. Job's wife is mentioned but not named. She tells him in chapter 1 to curse God and die after he is smitten. However, his daughters are named. And the rabbinic discussion revolves in the patriarchal binaries of are women good or bad? And so Job essentially triggers this conversation By being a a cipher, by being an unknown entity of the rabbis wanting to draw much more distinct divisions between good and bad, Israel and Gentiles, men and women. Have you ever come home from a long day of hectoring people on their way to the temple and thought to yourself, where do I go from here? I tell people that God doesn't want their sacrifices. I tell people that Assyria is going to crush their dreams and drag them off into slavery, but am I making a difference? Am I being heard? Do you ever look enviously at the big guys who made it into the book, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and think, what do they have that I don't? Well, sure, they write better than me. Their righteous rage is also touched by a sublime poetry. But what about Zechariah? Nobody understands what he's saying, and there he is, one of the 12. What's that all about? Well, we're here to tell you that it's not your fault. Baboy Ben Pakui, Prophets Representation, will get you where you know that God wants you to be. We are a Prophets-only, canon-inclusion representation agency. Make sure your righteous rage gets the audience it deserves with BBPR. And only for listeners of this podcast, if you contact us now, you'll get a free consultation. Call us at 1-800-PROPHETS-REP. That's 1-800-PROPHETS-REP. Tell them Daf Shui sent you. Okay, so now we'll, we'll continue, and we're almost finished with the chapter. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Avar Otora Shab Hayom. So Rabbi Yochanan said that that evil person, meaning Isa, transgressed on five transgressions on that one day. Baal Naaram Rasa, he had sex with an engaged young woman. And he killed somebody, and he killed and he was an apostate, he denied the central essence, and he denied the resurrection of the dead, and, and he embarrassed the firstbornhood. It's got to be a better word in English for that, but I'm not sure what it is. He had sex with an engaged young woman, and Isa came from the field. It says here, and Isa came from the field, and actually in the laws, in Deuteronomy 22 where it talks about what happens if a man has sex with or rapes an engaged woman it says there kibasadem uses the word field he found her in the field and here asav came from the field and so the the rabbis are learning that what did he what was he why was he in the field because he had sex with an engaged young woman nefesh. he killed somebody Hacha ayef says here that he was tired He says, "I am for I am tired." And it says there in Jeremiah ten, Israel is saying, "Woe! For I am tired; my soul is tired of the killings." Israel is complaining, but here the word "ayef" tiredness is again tied to killing, and so the tired here in Genesis with Isa, the rabbis say points to him the fact that he killed somebody and he denied the s the essential thing uh, he says to jacob in context what is this for me the being a firstborn and it says there when israel is coming out of egypt and they're in the middle of the red sea they say, this is my God, and I will praise him. So Z, the Zeh and the Zeh say that uh, here, they, well, there, Israel is praising God. Here, Isa is denying God. Why do I want God? And he denied the resurrection of the dead. Because he says, here I am going to die. And the implication is I'm going to die, and I'm never going to awaken. He embarrassed the for being the firstborn. And Esav humiliated the firstborn hood. And so therefore we see that that Esau did these five transgressions on that one day. But that day was after Abraham died. So during Abraham's life, he did not see that Esau was becoming evil, which was a blessing. And how do we know that Yishmael did, Yishmael did Tshuva repented in, during Abraham's life? So this is one of those cool stories. Ravina and Ravhama Barbuzi was sitting in front of, in other words, learning from Rav, and Rava fell asleep. There actually, there is like a small subgenre of stories of people sitting before the master, the master falls asleep, or one of the students fall, fell asleep. Apparently, their sleep patterns weren't so good. Ravina said to va Barbuzi, it is sure that this, that they say, that every death that has gviya, I mean, that it says in, in Torah, and he died. This is a sign that is a death of a righteous person. He says, is that true? What about the generation of the flood, where it also says, and they died said, so he replied, no, I'm talking about, it says, and that he, both that he died and that he was brought in to his people. So in, we're about the generation of the flood, it just says that they died. So he says, so he replies, well, what about Ishmael, about whom it does say, it says both that he died and that he was brought in to his people. At this moment, Ravah awoke, Amar So he said to them, Dardiki, children, Hachi Amar Rab Yochanan. This is what Rabbi Yochanan says, Yishmael asat shuvah hachayaviv. Yishmael repented in the life of his father, Shnemar Vikbru oto Yitzchak vishmael banav. For Yitzchak and Yishmael, um, his children, meaning Abraham's children, buried him. A sign that Yishmael had done Tshuva, and therefore it says both Yigva and Vayasef, both that he died and that he was brought in to his people. And so it says Yitzchak, why does it say Yitzchak and Yishmael? Maybe it's just because it's a sign that of their their wisdom, that Yitzchak is wiser than Yishmael, so therefore Yitzchak came first. So he says no, and don't worry, there's going to be a point to this, just take us another line to get there. So, if that's true, why does it say, um, when it says, Esau and Jacob buried Isaac, why does it say it in that order, Esau and Jacob? It should have said it the other way around. Why doesn't it say it in the order of their wisdom? Assuming that G- Jacob was wiser than Esau, it should have said, Yaakov and, es- and Esau, like it says Yitzchak and Ella, mida Adbur Adbere. So from the fact that Yishmael put Yitzchak first, it's because he elevated him above himself. Umida Adbere. And since Yishmael elevated Isaac, Shmaminat Shuvah Avad biyamav. The implication is that he had done Shuvah, that he had repented during his father Abraham's life. So that's why it says Isaac and Ishmael, because Ishmael had pushed Isaac before him because he saw that he was greater than him and he had done tshuva. Okay, so now we're coming to the end with four sets of midrashim about numbers of people. There are three people that the Holy One of blessing made this world like the next world. Elohain, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. These are they, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Avram, Dichtiv, Bey, Bakol, Yitzchak, Dichtiv, Bey, Mikol, Yaakov, Dichtiv, Bey, Kol. So each of them has a Kol word associated with them. With Abraham, it says, Avram, Yamin, barachta Avram, Kol. Abraham was elderly, coming of age, and God blessed Abraham with with everything, and this is the verse that we have been dealing with a little bit before. Around Isaac, it says, Isaac feared a great fear. This is when he found out that he had been tricked by Jacob. He says, Who therefore has brought me the brought me food from the hunt, meat from the hunt, and I ate of all of it before he came, before you came, meaning you, Asa, and I blessed him, and he will be blessed. There we have also a kol. And then Jacob, this is Jacob says to Esau when he's coming back into the land, and he brings him a present, because he doesn't want Esau to kill him, though Esau actually greets him very nicely. But he says to Esau, please take my blessing that I have brought to you there's all these gifts because god has been good to me and i have everything and he asked him again and again and isa took the gifts from him so each of them has a coal and that for that reason they say that these three ancestors had everything and their this world was like next world this might be familiar to you from the end of birkatamazon the Blessing after the meal, where at the end we do say bakol, mikol, kol, remembering this blessings to the ancestors. And going on with another three, there are three who the evil inclination did not have dominion over them. and Abramitzchakbiako. This is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Mikol, Kol. For the same reason, it says in all of them, Bakol, Mikol, and Kol. So therefore they had everything, and the Yeterah didn't have them. And there are those who say, even David. So there's an interesting midrashic reading because it says, my, my heart is empty inside me. And in context, it's being very sad. But here it's rereading it to say, And my heart, which might otherwise have been open to the intrusion of the evil inclination, is actually empty inside me. But there's another opinion, dekam Midkar, that is just talking about David is just uh, recalling his pain. That's no We move on, another source, to six. There are six people over whom the angel of death had no dominion: the Eluhain, Moshe, Aaron, Miriam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. A woman gets into the top six. We already have the verses for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bakhol Mikol Kol, they had everything, so therefore the angel of death did not have dominion over them, meaning that they all died just by just by God's kiss. By what's called a Mitat kiss by a death by kiss. Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. Because it says that they died, Al-Pi Hashem, by the way of God. And literally, Al-Pi by God's mouth. But Miriam So there's one little problem, because with Miriam, it actually doesn't say Al-Pi When she died, she didn't die by, by God. Rebbe-Lazur. so Rebbe-Lazur says, Miriam nami Miriam also died by a kiss. Da'at Yashem Shem Mi Moshe. Because they learn it out of an analogy with the word, not Shem, Shem from Moses. But why doesn't it say also by God, by God's hand, or by God's mouth? Because you don't want to mention that God kissed Miriam because it's not modest. There are seven in whose bodies worms did not um, have dominion. In other words, when the body, after the bodies, after they died, their bodies were remained whole and weren't eaten. By worms. The eluhen, and these are they: Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, three ancestors, three forefathers: Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. The three next, sometimes called the three roim, the three shepherds: Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Ubinyamin ben Yaakov, and Yaakov's youngest son, Benjamin. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Dechtiv Behu, ba mikol kol. So already we know the verses for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Ba kol mikol kol. Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam, we also know the verses for Moses, Aaron, and Miriam that it says by them or two and the implication of the third by way of God. So if they died in this spiritual way or transcendent way that they, they their bodies were kept, their bodies were preserved. And Benjamin, Jacob's youngest, because it says, and this is in the blessing to the children, and for Benjamin, Benjamin, the beloved of God, he will dwell in security on him. So in other words, God was watching out for Jacob's body. And here again, somebody wants to put David into the mix. Because it says in Psalms, and we have the important thing to remember is that David, is credited with writing psalms. so David writes Af levetach, my flesh will dwell securely meaning that worms won't get to it And there are others who say no this isn't a statement but rather it is a plea a plaint or a prayer that David is asking for and now this seems this last this last piece seems to be a little bit seems to be an add-on since it's going back to four. There are four who died because of the snake. Now, the snake that we're talking about is uh, the snake in the Garden of Eden. And remember, the snake that seduced Eve or even Adam to eat from the fruit of the tree. Because of that, death came into the world. So there are four who died because of the, the, the snake. And these are they. Benjamin, ben Amram, David, uh, Ben David. So the, these are Benjamin, Jacob's youngest; Amram, Moshe's father; Yishai, David's father, and Kalev, who is David's son. <laughs> and all of them are learned by tradition. Except for David's father, Yishai, in which there is this. An, an explicit verse, and the explicit verse is not that explicit, but we'll see in a minute. Tihtiv, as it says, with Amsah Sam Avshalom yoav and Avshalom put Amsa instead of Yoav on in charge of the army. He was the commander in chief. But ben Ish ushmo yitra and he was the son of a Amsa was the son of a man Whose name was Yitra the Israelite, Asherba el Avigail bat nachash, achot tsriah im yoav. And he, this Yitra, had sex with Avigail, the daughter of Nachash, the sister of tsriah, who was the mother of Yoav. V'chi bat nachashi, so the asks, really? She was the daughter of a snake? She was actually the daughter of Yishai, based on other uh, verses and other genealogies. In Abigail. And it says that their sisters were tsriyab and Abigail. This Abigail was actually Jesse's son, Yishai's son. But rather, she was the daughter of the one who died because of the sin of the snake. And who is that? That is Yishai, the father of David hashutafin. And with this, we finish the first chapter of Baba Batra, and we say the traditional phrase, Hadranalach, we will return to you, Hashutafin, chapter Hashutafin. And so we finish on this note of these cluster of ancestors, all of whom have a unique characteristic that they stand out in our traditional history. And with that, we finish this week. Once again, of course, great thanks to Ellie Sargon who makes these podcasts listenable and handles the sound. You can follow me. I'm Aryeh Cohen. But on Twitter, I am Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. And I uh, hope to see you again next week.